0: Of fun. Tons of fun in the book of Judges. Uh, for those of you that been, have been at True Chapel for a long time, how many of you are here tonight who remember um, a series I did years ago uh, in uh, on Diversified Drive? This is for the Diversified Drive people. If you remember Diversified Drive, I did a series called The Heroes of Faith. And I did a extended long series of The Heroes of Faith. And so um, I'm going to bring some of that back. I'm going I'm to do a few newer people, uh, add some people in here. I, I think I did like Moses and David and Elijah. Uh, and I think I'm, I may have did a, done a couple others. But tonight I want to talk to you about Gideon. I believe that Gideon is going to help us tonight. Going to open some understanding for us. I love the story of Gideon, uh, but I need to tell you more of the story. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, a lot of times we, we gloss over Gideon, and we start from a certain point, and we like to end at a certain point, but I, I believe the story of Gideon, Gideon from the very beginning to the very end can help us tonight, and uh, if you have your Bibles, Judges chapter 6, and when you have it, uh, I'll start in verse 1, Judges 6 and verse 1, and when you have it, just shout, I got it. Watch 6 verse 1. 6 verse 1 is the whole story. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Wow. Amen. I'm going to read some more tonight. i just like to stop right there. Let's just ask the Lord to touch us tonight and touch our minds, our spirits. Would you pray, the Spirit, lead me. Spirit, lead me into all truths. Let me, let me open my understanding to your word tonight. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this moment together. And we thank you for your, your word. It's so right. It's on time. I pray tonight, Lord, you would open our spirits to your word. We give ourselves over to the word. Lord, teach us, mature us, grow us, give us understanding, give us insight, give us revelation. And Lord, we, we'll be so careful as to give you praise and glory and honor for your word tonight. Speak to us through your word. We ask all this in your precious name. In Jesus' name. And the church said in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in his presence tonight. Amen. <clears throat> so um, just just a little background here uh, into some of my teaching a little bit. Um, when I uh, so it's kind of hard to pull me off something. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm in something in the world, kind of like a bulldog, I just grab onto it, I don't let go of it for a while. So if you were here Sunday morning, how many were here for Bible study on Sunday morning? And Bible study time on Sunday morning. And I talked about uh, relationship over religion. And uh, uh, it's kind of hard for me to break away from that this week. I wanted to come back tonight and just teach that again. Uh, but I digressed. I said, no, I'll, I'll, I'll save that. I'll save that for a Sunday morning uh, coming soon. And, 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 and we'll lock back into that a little bit. Um, and I've been wanting to get back into this series of heroes of the faith, and maybe over the next few Wednesday nights we'll we'll touch on we'll touch on a few of these different heroes of the faith in the Word. Um, Gideon is uh, a very special story because the the story of Gideon, if you start at Genesis and you read to this point, Gideon kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, uh, and what I mean by that is uh, the story of Gideon overcoming. Uh, being a mighty man of valor, being a warrior, training an army, these these kind of things, an army underneath him. Uh, we don't really see these concepts played out in, in detail until Judges chapter 6. Uh, we see fighting all throughout the early scriptures of Genesis, Exodus, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We, so we see all these, but now we've entered into a time with the children of Israel that the Lord has set up Judges. And this is how This is how God is is governing his people. God always has a governing process. Amen? The only time time in your word that we see the children of Israel without a governing process is in the book of Genesis and that whole Genesis of of the, the beginning and the whole First years, first couple hundred, up to a thousand years of the the, the birth and the establishment of God's people through Adam, Eve, coming into Seth, all the way from Seth, all the way to Methuselah, and from Methuselah to Noah. Noah builds the ark, we know the flood, and we we see God's people from from, from that moment. Now, this is, I'm going to give you a little bit of Court Chavis theology, are you ready for it? You, y'all don't think you're ready for it. This is a little bit, this is not, this is free of charge tonight, okay? This is, Court Chavis theology. I believe the story of Genesis and the story of Adam and Eve and the story of Noah and, and all of this, I believe that this is a detailed story of the children of Israel's life, okay? I, I personally, this is just a personal belief system. This is, I, don't, I don't believe this is heaven or hell. I don't believe this, this throws me in, into the into the heresy pile, like I'm a heretic or whatever. I just believe that there were more people on the earth. That's what I believe. Uh, the reason I believe this is because who did Cain marry? I got one clap. Somebody been thinking about You've been thinking the same thing I've been thinking. Who was then Nod? Okay, if you don't know who Nod is, look that up. The N-O-D. Just look up Nod. When Cain left his mother and father, he went to the land of Nod and married a woman from Nod. So, you know, but what I do believe is this is the genesis of God's people. This is how God is going to save the world. He establishes a people. Um, and when we go back to Adam and Eve, when we think about the Adam and Eve concepts of like, are these the first people on the planet? This is the first thing. I believe that wherever you fall on that spectrum, again, I don't believe it's heresy. And I, and I also don't believe that it's a heaven or hell issue, not a salvational moment. What we have to believe is this is what Moses is writing. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. He's writing from a perspective of seeing backwards. Yeah. God shows him his hinder parts. After he shows him his hinder parts, he begins to write the story of Genesis. We see different things like, you know, the different concepts of God speaking. There was light, uh, but there was light before there was sun. Right. right? So we see, like, different things like this. And if you're, if you're, if you're, not, if you're, if you're not careful... You'll get into the book of Genesis, and you'll get into a bunch of internal arguments in your mind because you'll be like, this isn't, you know, wait a minute. The earth is older than, what about dinosaurs? And, you know, okay. So you see where a lot of foolishness is allowed to play in. Here's what my grandfather always told me, and my grandfather is my, like, one of my greatest voices about the word because he had a unique relationship with the word. And I believe that my unique relationship with the word is birthed out of a closeness with my grandfather. So my grandfather would always tell me, he's like, Court, God is bigger than the Bible. Like, this is the book that we have, and we need to lock into this book. This, we got to read this book. We need to know this book inside and out because it's the only book we got. So, like, we need to lock into this. We need to understand this. And there's reasons why I believe the Bible is true. How many were here when I taught a whole series on why I believe the Bible? Look, okay, I need to teach it again on about seven to eight people. Why I believe the Bible. And so there's a reason why I believe this word. And this is the only word we got. We This is the word. But I believe that God could do stuff outside of that. Amen? Because, you know, people are like, well, we're finding new galaxies. So that means, so what? God's, you know, God is big. But well, the Bible don't talk about other galaxies. Well, the Bible don't really talk about a galaxy in, it at all. You know, so when people say, well, what about dinosaurs? Like, oh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, are you going to argue with a skeleton? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, obviously there was dinosaurs. But, like, saying that there's dinosaurs means that there was no God. That's that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. There's questions in this Bible that we cannot answer. And one of those questions is, where did Cain find a wife if she wasn't his sister? Again, God's bigger than the Bible. It's okay. So... We 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 see this progression all the way to Noah. There's a great flood. The Bible tells us that in the flood, the whole earth is covered. Right, the whole earth is covered. We see this whole process. Then we see God's people from this moment from from the sons of the sons of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. We see the, the people being dispersed across the earth. And again, where you fall in this, in, 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 on, theologically, every culture has a story. Of a great flood one of the most unanimous things across all cultures in this world is there's a great flood it's literally unanimous across every culture every native culture every every uh, far-off crazy um, you know we got all these you know like you know like what happened to the Mayans well I don't know what happened to the Mayans I don't know what I don't know what happened to them I, I don't understand that but in their writings they have a story of a great flood it is unique across all cultures there is a there's a flood so we know that this flood happened even even science would tell you there was a great continental drift they don't like to say flood they call it a drift but we they understand it like the world had to be covered with water for this to happen so so we understand this right so you know again we're not we're not trying to like understand this all i want you to understand is during this time god is the people of god are being developed and we see this come all the way down through Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And we see it come all the way down to Abraham. We get to Abraham. God brings Abraham aside. He says, leave your people. And Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant with you because Abraham is the seed of Adam. So God brings Abram, changes his name to Abraham. He says, all right, buddy, I'm starting with you. Out of you, I'm going to bring a people. Out of you, your, pe- your your seed will be like the stars in the sky, the sands of the sea. I make a covenant with you, Abraham. And, and this is going to be your legacy. So Abraham, uh, Isaac, Jacob, we see all of this coming about, all the way to, to the place where we meet Joseph. And Joseph goes to Egypt and prepares, he doesn't even know it, but he's preparing a saving location for his brothers. His brothers come during the famine. They lock here in Egypt. Once they get in Egypt, they live in Egypt in a place called Goshen for oh. Hundreds of years, until there arises a Pharaoh who doesn't really know Joseph. The Bible says he doesn't remember Joseph, and he says, look, we got to do something about these Hebrew people. They are more and mightier than we. And if kings would come from the east and west and fight against us, I'm afraid that these people would join them and fight against us. So you know what? Let's deal wisely with them. Let's bring them under our subjection. So what he doesn't know is bringing them under subjection is about to multiply them. Right, because in in the Old Testament we see this played out in real time, and we see this played out in actuality, and we see this played out literally, where God will allow trouble to bring great growth. Right. All right, now here is a type and shadow in the Old Testament that we need to breathe, we need to understand in our in our concepts today that God still does this; He just does it differently. Okay, and you're with me. So God develops these people, brings them out, brings them through the wilderness. We know the whole story, or if you you don't know the whole story, please see me. I would love to tell you in detail. God brings all the children of Israel out of of bondage, sets them free, establishes his covenant with them. Not only his covenant, but he establishes a way that they can talk. He establishes a relationship with them. See, the whole time he's bringing them out, he's bringing them out so that, that, that his people can worship him. And God wants a relationship with His people. We see God fighting for relationship all the way back in Exodus. The relationship He had in that garden with Adam and Eve, He begins to establish it early on in a, in a way, in a setting, uh, in in the in the book of Exodus. As He says, "Build me a tabernacle, build me a place of meeting." That's what the ta- that's what tabernacle means. Tabernacle means place of meeting. He wants to meet with His people. He wants to connect. He He has. The idea and concept of relationship, he wants to talk to his people. He, he even tells Moses at one point, he says, look, bring them up the mountain. If they'll come up the mountain, I'll talk to them like I talk to you. They just don't want to go because they're afraid of all the, you know, the lights and the, the, the storm and the darkness, and they flee back down the mountain, and they say, Moses, we good. You can talk to him alone. He sounds super angry. And so, and so I mean, it's, it's all in your Bible. It's all in the book of Exodus. Go look it up. It's all there. And so God says, okay, I want to establish this way that we can talk. So he sets up a tabernacle, place of meeting. We know that this is a figure of what is in the heavens, because if you if you want to take time, I want to teach curiosity as well. So read Hebrews 8, 9, and 10, and you'll see that the tabernacle in the wilderness is like a figure of what's in heaven. This is a way of connecting with God. We will we will understand it in our generation because we know. We could come boldly before him through our praise, our worship, our repentance, our openness. We have access to God right now. He says, I'm as close as the mention of my name. We're actually living out what God was trying to do in the book of Exodus. Aren't we so lucky? Aren't we so blessed? Absolutely. Because we're actually living out what God was trying to do this whole time. So God has this way of governing his people. He has one man. One man, and he, this is how he governs his people. He, he speaks to Moses, Moses speaks to the people. This is the way it goes. goes in that way into Joshua. He speaks to Joshua, Joshua speaks to the people. This is the way it's set up. This is the way God is governing his people. He's controlling them this way. Until we get to the book of Judges, where the people are so many, and they're spread out now across 13 different cities, all, all 13 different places of land, where you have all the 12 tribes, but then you have the two tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. So that's thirteen. So you have thirteen places of land, these thirteen providences, and so what God does is He sets up, He He, he sets up a way for His people to be governed because God always has a way of governing people. Yes. This is the way He governs them: is He puts in places judges. And these judges are just people that are handling everyday issues. Hey, you know this guy stole my crops. Well, we got to make room for this. Hey, this guy he he. You know my land's right here, and he he come over and he he did something on my land. Well, I'll let, let's handle that. Hey, this guy was driving a an ox cart and he ran over my kid in the road. Well, we got to figure this out. We you know we, we have cities set aside for those people who are running for their lives. There's a, there's a whole system that God has set up to govern the people, and in the book of Judges, this is where we see that. This is God's people spread across the entire. What we would call the promised land. This is how they're set up. The problem is is that every time, every time the people of Israel get into a system of peace and there's no enemy at their gate, they do evil in the sight of God. Every time they get free, every time that there's like they get a good system in place, and, and, and there's nobody hounding them, and there's no trouble at their at their front door, they just get silly. It's like, you know, when you're in the room, in the living room with your small kids, they're good. You go out to the kitchen for like a couple minutes, come back, and the couch is on fire. And you're like, what are you doing? Because as long as I'm here, you're good. But if I step away for a minute, you just do silly stuff. This is the children of Israel. And this is how Judges 6 starts. And, and again, if you read the story of Gideon from the point where All we're thinking is, man, these Midians, they're evil people. But what we have to understand is that God gave them up to Midian. This is a type and shadow of how God will allow trouble to push us in the right direction. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of God. And the Lord delivered them into the hand. The The Lord said, all right, Midian wants your stuff and where I would fight for you, now I'm going to let them have it. I'm going I'm to do it for seven years. Seven years is very important. You have to understand what seven years is, because seven years is the year of release. Is the Lord said, "I'm going to hold you to this for seven years, but at the end of seven years, I got to follow my own law. You will be set free." This is this is what the Bible means when it, when it says, "Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning." Here's what the Bible means when it says that his wrath will not be kindled always. Here's what the Bible means when it says that that, that it's gonna work out for you for your good. That if God, if God allows a problem, He He already has a system of release in, 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 in already in the plan. That's why, that's why me and you need to be encouraged because I, I know some of y'all are going through some stuff. I mean, some of y'all, I'm privy. I'm privy to the stuff you're going through. It's awful. I'm praying for you. But some of you in this room, I don't know what you're going through, but I know you're going through. But be encouraged that if God allowed it, then he already has a plan to bring you out of it. God, that's, why, that's, why the, that's why the seven years is, is, is encouraging. Because we know that in God's mind, the seventh year is the year of the open hand. It's the year of release. It's the year of freedom. Like whatever the debt is owed shall be released in the seventh year. So the Lord already had a plan. I'm going to let this happen only for seven years. And at the end of seven years, I got a plan. I'm going to deliver you. Meaning that in in Judges chapter 6, verse 1, Gideon was already in his mind. The hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. This is Judges 6 and verse 2. The hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel, made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. They hid. And it was so when Israel had sown, the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them and they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. Seemed like everything they did, they took away. The harder they worked, it, they took it away. Every step forward was three steps back. That sound familiar to anybody? It's like it's like every, I mean, I put in the work, the time, the effort, but it just won't grow. Yeah. And there was no sustenance in the land. There was no food for nobody. The sheep didn't eat. The cows didn't eat. The donkeys didn't eat. Nobody ate. For they came up, verse 5, with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they... And their camels were without number. That's a lot of people. And they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. There it goes. To, it, listen, it is not lost on me. It may You know, like, you got to understand, this is the way I, I read the Bible. It is not lost on me that it's Judges 6 that the children of Israel finally get on God's nerves. He says, I'm, I'm going to deal with this. And it's the sixth verse where they finally say, God help us. Because six is the number of man. It's just flesh. It's just flesh being flesh. God knows how to get our flesh in subjection. God knows that we are so fleshly that if trouble comes our way, at some point there will be a breaking point in our flesh. where we go, you know what? We can't do this on our own. God, I need you to come by here. They cried out to the Lord. Finally. Finally they cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet. The story of Gideon does not start with Gideon. That's, that, listen, this is, this is why the pastor is always telling you, don't read the verse. Read the chapter before Read the chapter after. It's going to bring everything into perspective because we we always start the story of Gideon with Gideon. But the story of Gideon doesn't start with Gideon. The story of Gideon starts with a prophet. They cried out and God gave them a prophet. Listen, some of you in this room, you're crying out. You're saying, God, help me. God, give me direction. God, give me a pattern. Show me the way in. Show me the way out. But you're discouraged because the only thing he's given you is a preacher. You want to answer. But you don't want to talk to the man of God. You, it, I need a prophet. I need a man of God in my life. He sends a prophet which said unto them, thus saith the God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Listen, listen. Let me tell you what the prophet did. This is so good. This is what the prophet did. The prophet came to the people, and he reminded them of how good God is. Listen, sometimes my only job is just to remind you, it ain't always been like this. You remember when God brought you out. You're in trouble now, but don't forget now what God did for you back then. If, listen, if God brought you out of Egypt, he can definitely deliver you from these Midianites. Listen, some of y'all come out of some real bad stuff and the stuff you in now, it don't even compare to the stuff that he brought you out of. So why are you depressed? Why are you wounded? Why are you hurting? Because the same God that brought you out of all that is the same God that can bring you out of all this. Remember what he did for you. Some of y'all dealing with little stuff right now. Ten years ago, you was dealing with stuff that could have taken your life, put you in prison. You was addicted and now there's just little things. You got to say, God, I remember when you brought me out and I think you're going to bring me out this time. Sometimes my only job is to remind you, he's been good and he's still good. He's still God. The same God that did that is the God that's going to do this. Somebody said amen in the house on a Wednesday night. Sometimes the prophet the prophet don't need to prophesy. He needs just a—he's re- a reminder. I'm reminding you. I'm reminding you. I brought you into this. I gave you this. You think—you think I brought you here to let you die? You think I brought you this far so you could just die on the vine? You think I brought you out of all that mess so you could just—your whole family could fall apart? You think I brought you out of all this just so you could die sitting on the pew? The devil is a lie. That's not what I brought you out of this for. Yeah. He said, I brought you out, but you haven't obeyed my voice. I've been talking to you. I've been talking to you, but you've been, you've loved where you're at so much. Listen, I want you to make a connection here. Make, it, make the connection that I'm making. Let's look at the very end of 10. This is the very end of verse 10. Just, just mark this in your Bible. Just If you got a paper Bible out, draw a circle around, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Draw a circle, and before you're done with the circle, take that pen, bring it all the way back up to verse 1, and circle, did evil in the sight of the Lord. see it in God's mind this is the evil you just didn't listen to me you didn't obey my voice just listen to me listen God has been speaking to most of us in this room if not all of us matter of fact I take it back let me prophesy the Lord been talking to all of us but have we been listening and this is what God accounts for evil just don't you're not listening Listen, how many of you in this room know people who would be doing better in life if they would have just listened? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. Okay, people. (laughs) Look, It's just hard sometimes. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to point no elbows, but um, like we could all raise our hand and say me if I'd have just listened. But you know what? I had. Like, I I knew God was speaking to me. He spoke to me through the message. Ten Sundays in a row, he spoke to me through the message. He had a friend call me, and and I didn't listen. My mama told me, uh, and my daddy told me. uh, And then I sat down with the pastor over some coffee. He told me. But you know what? I was so focused on what I wanted, I didn't listen. And now I'm over here going, the Midianites. Bro, just listen. This is what the Lord considers evil, but ye have not obeyed my voice. But there came an angel of the Lord, verse 11. Ain't that good? Ain't God so good? Listen, the story of Gideon doesn't even, the second part of Gideon ain't even Gideon. It's a prophet and an angel. Because you need the word and the spirit. I believe there's a bunch of Gideons in this room. But listen, what you need is the word and the spirit. You need a prophet and an angel. If you want to do it in yourself, you can do it in yourself. But let me just go ahead and help you. Let me prophesy to you. It's probably going to fail. But if you'll get connected to God's word and you'll get connected to God's spirit, God sent a prophet and God sent an angel. And the angel sat under an oak which was in Orpha and pertained unto Joash the Abyssalite and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. They're hiding. Hiding their goods, hiding their harvest. They're hiding because if if the Midianites knew we had this, they'd just come take it from us. And there's nothing we can do to stop them. Verse 12, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Whew, ain't that so good? The Lord is with thee. Because in verse 1, God already had a plan for somebody to bring him out. God already had a plan. And the angel, what the prophet said, the prophet said, remember what he did. The angel said, the Lord is with you. Gideon had already heard the prophet because the Bible says the prophet said all to Israel. So Gideon had already heard, this is what God did in the past, and now he hears the angel say, Gideon, the Lord Is with you. And then he called him a mighty man of valor. Listen, God sees in you what you cannot see in yourself. This is why you need the Spirit. This is why you need the Word. Because the Word and the Spirit will bring out in you what you don't even know is in you. Listen, this is why the Bible says the Spirit will lead us into all truths. But when the Spirit leads us into all truths, it's just not the truth of the Word, but it's the truth of who you are in you. The Spirit will lead you into all truths. And sometimes I need the Spirit to reveal unto me who I really am in Christ. Because a lot of times I feel weak. A lot of times I feel incapable. A lot of times I feel paralyzed. A lot of times I look around the room and I think, man, how in the world am I going to do this? But I got to remember that the Lord is with me and he already said I can. He already said I'm mighty. He already said I'm capable. He already said I'm worthy. He already said I'm valuable. I can't see that in me. Many of us are immobilized by our own weaknesses because we won't hear the voice of God. God is saying you can and you will and you shall, and you're mighty, because I'm with you. Watch this. Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord. <laughs> he said, Oh, my Lord. Watch, watch, watch Gideon. Gideon sounds just like us. I like Gideon because he's just for real, for real. Watch what Gideon says. Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, Why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. This is one of the verses that we don't read when we try trying to preach about Gideon because we we'll like to make Gideon sound so awesome. But it's what Gideon, when the Lord, this, listen, that's why I like the Bible right. because the Bible will help you. The Bible make you feel normal. Like sometimes preachers make us, sometimes preachers, they don't make us feel normal. Sometimes preachers preach in a, in a way that makes us all feel like, man, how can I ever really live up to that? You know what I mean? Like how am I ever really going to be that good? Like, man, these guys in the Bible were phenomenal. Like, how could I ever be that guy? I, I don't understand that. But the word is so good because the word just tells it all on Gideon. Gideon didn't say, well, sign me up, Lord. <laughs> Gideon didn't say, well, let's go. Let's get him. Where the Midianites at? Show me the way. Yeah. He said, Lord, I hear you saying that you're with us. Uh-huh. But it don't look like you're with us. Don't feel like you're with us. Don't sound like you with us. I've been hearing about all these miracles you did. I ain't seen near one of them. Near one. I done heard about all this great stuff you did back then. I ain't seen nothing right now. I done hear all these stories. And to me, all they are are stories. Because I've never seen one. Matter of fact, in my lifetime, all I have felt is pain, suffering, and loss. You forsaken us. And you delivered us into the hand. You delivered us into the hands of men. This is you, Lord. You did this to us. Look what you did. Mm. Watch verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him. That kind of shifted, didn't it? I thought he was talking to the angel. The angel didn't look at him. The Lord looked at him, and the Lord looked upon him and said, "Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee?" Look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. Good. Tell him. Say good news. God. Say God will send a doubter. My God in heaven. How many of you in this room will raise your hand? And I want you to raise your hand on this one. Because this is is honesty time with Pastor Javis. How many in this room right now doubt the calling and anointing that God has put on you? Raise it. You doubt it. Listen. Good news. So did Gideon. And you know what the Lord did? The Lord did not even answer his doubt. The Lord just said, get up and go because I sent you. Listen, if you are waiting on God to excommunicate your doubt, you'll be sitting right there waiting your whole life. God is not about to do anything with your doubt because if you don't have a little bit of doubt in you, You'll get yourself caught up. But as long as you remember it was the Lord that sent me, and I know I can't do this, but I'm walking in the power of the Lord. I'm walking in the power of his might. Then I'll always... The Lord did not try to fix Gideon's doubt. He just said, go in this thy might, and you will save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Do you believe it was God that told you? I know you doubt it, but do you believe that it was God that told you? Do you think God made a mistake when he called you? Do you think God at one time, just that one time God was off? He, he was on when he called me, but he was off when he called you. Anybody want to talk back to me? Hmm. Have not I sent thee? What wasn't it me? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor. This man can't get it right, can he? It's so good. Listen, these are verses about Gideon that we don't read. We just read that the Lord called Gideon the mighty man of valor, and he went and did what God did. But we don't don't read the argument that that Gideon had with God before he went. And most of us think we can never live up to that kind of understanding because we want to argue with God. We want to say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good enough. Lord, Lord, look, I, I, all I see is you forsaken us and you delivered us into the hands. You could have fixed this, but you didn't. And the Lord says, go, I sent you. And he says, but Lord, I am poor. My family is poor in Manasseh and I am the least in my father's house. Listen, when the Lord qualifies you, you can't even disqualify yourself. Ain't nobody want to talk back to me? I said when the Lord qualifies you, you can't even talk him out of it. Here's the deal. I need to tell some of y'all in here, you have talked yourself out of it, but you haven't talked God out of it. Oh, no, you, 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 didn't, you, didn't catch, you, you didn't really hear it. You got to really hear it. You have talked yourself out of this, but you haven't talked God out of this. God still believes you're the one. God still believes you're called. God still. He said, who I call, I call, and my gifts shall never be repented over. You've talked yourself out of it. You've tried to talk me out of it, but you ain't ever going to talk God out of it. He is still convinced that you're the one. He said, Lord, I'm just poor. I'm from Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. Don't nobody like me anyway. And the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that you talk to me. Hold up. Time out. The Lord sent a prophet, the Lord sent an angel. Somewhere in the conversation with the angel and the Gideon, now he's talking to the Lord himself. And you need a sign? Show me a sign, Lord. If I found the grace that you're talking about, show me a sign. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present. And said it before thee, and he said, I will tarry until thou come again. He said, show me a sign that you talk with me. Don't go nowhere. I'm going to bring you something. I'll be right back. And he said, I'm going to sit here. Thank God that he didn't leave when we try to talk him out of it. Listen, God's still sitting under the same tree that he talked to you at, but you ain't never come back. Some of y'all, God called you at a camp meeting 20 years ago. And you said, "Lord, if this is you," and he's still sitting at that same camp meeting. Like, when you're gonna show up? He said, "I will tarry here until you come again." I believe that if Gideon would have came back, that angel would still be sitting there right now. Because the callings of God are without repentance. And Gideon went and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an ephah of flour, and the flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot. And brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when Gideon perceived that he he was an angel of the Lord, yeah, here you go. Gideon said, alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face, and the Lord said unto him, peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. He spoke to Gideon's greatest fear didn't want to fight the Midianites because he thought he would die. Listen, our greatest enemy has always been and will always be self-preservation. Let me say it again for the folks in the back. Our biggest fear is that somehow we will get lost in this, that we'll fail that we won't do a good job, that we'll be rejected. It's all about self-preservation. It ain't about me. It ain't about the church. can't be. That's not it. You know what it is? It's about us. It's about me dying. He said, but Gideon, I promise you this day, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. God, my peace. Not God, my warrior. Uh Not God, my fighter. Not God, my provider. Gideon called him the God of my peace. And until this day, it is yet an orpha of the Abyssalites. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock, of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal, that thy father hath cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullet, and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which thou shalt cut down. Then Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the the city that he could could not do it by day, that he did it by night. Here's what the Lord told him to do. He said, okay, now that you believe you saw an angel of the Lord, and now that you've built me an altar, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go up to your daddy's house. I want you to take your father's young bullock The second bullock, that's seven years old. The day that God said, I will turn my people over to the Midianites was the same day there was a bullock born. Anybody want to preach? (laughs) On the day that God said, I'm turning you over to to the Midianites, On the same day that God said that, there was a bullet born in the house of Gideon. (laughs) The same day that God put him in a problem was the same day that God gave him a way out of the problem. Seven years and seven years. Seven years of trouble, but there's a bullet growing in the house. God said, I already already birthed what's going to deliver you out of this. And I want you to take that bullet that's been living in your daddy's house for seven years, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to that rock that should be my altar. Your daddy has set up there a totem pole, basically, to the prophet of Baal. I want you to chop that thing down. And when you chop it down, on that same rock, cut up that bullock, put him on that altar, and then you take the wood from, the sacri- from that prophet of Baal you tore down, and I want you to burn it all right there on that rock. He said the only way, the only way that you can have victory over the Midianites is you first got to have victory over the false gods that are in your life. You can't defeat the enemy that's out there until you defeat the enemy that's in here. You can't defeat the Midianites until you defeat all these other idols that you put up in your life. You can't really be set free until you're set free. I will deliver the Midianites unto you, but you got to cut down the, the altar. When it comes to the Midianites, I'll do the work. But when it comes to the stuff that you build in your life, you got to do that work. Come on, preach with me, somebody. When it comes to the Midianites, I'll do the miracle. When it comes to the Midianites, I'll show you my strength. When it comes to the Midianites, I'll do, I, I'll, I'll do the miraculous move of God. But when it comes to them altars, that's on you. You got to put in that work. You got to put in that time. And I don't care if you got to sneak around and do it at night. Just get it done. Just get it done. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, verse 28, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullet was offered unto the altar that was built. Ain't nothing you could do about it now, already been done. Listen, some of you don't need to make a phone call, just do it now. You hear me? Some of you don't need to check with nobody, just do it now. Don't even call him and tell him goodbye. Just delete his number right now. Don't even send him a message and tell him that we're done. Just be done with him. Don't even text her and say, hey, it's over. Just, just delete it. Just block the number. Don't even tell your wife you're canceling a subscription. Just cancel it. Don't even tell your children you're taking the iPad away. Just take it away. Do it in the middle of the night when they wake up in the morning and say, where's it at, Daddy? I don't know. Something happened to that thing. But I know, I know what is not going to control my home. When they rose up early in the morning, it was already cut down. When they rose up early in the morning, it was already done. When they rose up early in the morning, they couldn't stop them because it had already been done. Some of us got to go by night because we know our family is going to want to stop us. Our children are going to want to stop us. Our wives and our husbands are going to want to stop us. But when God calls you to do it, you better get it done. I don't care who knows about it. Matter of fact, do it in the middle of the night so they can't say nothing to you. Come to an altar and lay it down before anybody can talk you out of it. Walk away from it right now before you have a community meeting and see if it's okay for me. No, do it. Cut it off. Cut him out. And they said one to another, who have done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, had done this thing. Then the men of the city said to Joash, bring out thy son that he may die. Ain't that funny? The first thing they said, bring him out so he can die. Gideon's like, you can do what you want to do. The angel told me Listen, how can the enemy threaten you with what God has already told you can't happen to you? Bring him out so we can die. Here's what everybody in this room needs to know. Before you ever face the Midianites, you have to face the brothers. Before the enemy could ever have a chance to hate Gideon, his own family hated. This is that part of Gideon that we don't read. This is that part of Gideon that we gloss over when we're talking about how awesome and how mighty this thing was. And look at God, look, God did a great work. Gideon was so great. But did you know that before the Midianites ever tried to fight Gideon, that his own brothers in his own city wanted to kill him? And you know why they wanted to kill him? Because he had torn down what they considered holy. They had been praying to the wrong God. And Gideon had been called to tear down the enemy's kingdom. And they said, Bring him out here. Bring him out here so that he can die, because he hath cast down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto them that stood against him, Will ye plead for Baal? Will you save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a god, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. Mm. Therefore, on that day, he called him Jerubbabel, saying, let Baal plead against him, because he had thrown down his altar. He said, you know what? If you believe in Baal so much, let Baal kill Gideon. Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together. And I'm almost finished. I'm obviously going to have to come back to this. And the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. I want to show you something here. The Spirit of the Lord was not on Gideon when he tore down the altars. The spirit of the Lord was not on Gideon when the men of his own city said we want to kill him. See, me and you, if if God's not on us, anointing us, we struggle to do the things that we know that need to be done because we're waiting for a miraculous move of God to give us that power. But what God wants to see from us is will you tear down the things that you've built in your life with no unction. If you'll tear down the things in your life that you've set up, I didn't set these things up. I didn't build that grove. I didn't put Baal in your life. I didn't put these things in your life. You put them in your life. And if if you'll show me that you're willing to do this under your own power, when the enemy comes in, I'll show you what I can do. <laughs> Many of us have never felt the unction because we've never taken on ourselves to start dealing with the things in our life. The spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet. And Abiezer was gathered after him, and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered unto him, and he sent messengers unto Asher, unto Zebulun unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, if thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry unto the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morning and thrust the fleece together and wringed the dew out of the fleece a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, let not thine anger be hot against me. And I will speak but this once. Let me prove I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it be now dry only unto the fleece and upon the ground and let there be dew. And God did so that night for it was dry upon the fleece only and there was dew on all the ground. Let me explain this last thing to you. And then, Next Wednesday night, I'll finish this story. After all God had done, Gideon still needed a sign. He said, Lord, if you are going to use me to do what you've called me to do, I'm going to take a a rag. I'm going to set it out on the ground. In the morning when I get up, I want the ground to be completely dry but I want that rag to be soaking wet. He got up in the morning, and the Lord had done it. It was so wet that he wringed it out in a bowl. As he's wringing it out, God's already proven to him. He says, Lord, don't kill me, but I'd like you to do it one more time. But this time, I want the ground to be soaking wet, And I want this rag to be completely dry. And God did so. If you ain't figured it out by now, you ain't figured it out. God, as long as you're willing to make the effort, God's willing to keep showing you. Listen, can I help you tonight? On the stuff that ain't talked about Gideon. We don't talk about this stuff when we talk about Gideon. We just tell a quick story. But let me tell you the full story. Gideon over and over again kept saying, God, if if this is for me. Let this happen. God, if if you're doing this, show me this. God, if you want me to do this, would you do this? God, don't kill me, but could you do it one more time? I think a lot of us are paralyzed in our callings and our giftings and our anointings in the furtherance of the kingdom of God because we stopped asking God for a sign. Here's what I want to show you. Not one time did God get mad. He just said, Okay, I'll do it again. Okay, I'll do that. All right, I'll do that. Right. Okay, I'll do that. I'll keep showing you. I'll keep showing you. Why? Why, God? Why do you keep trying to, why do you keep trying to prove yourself to Gideon? Because the Lord knows that Gideon is weak. And God wants to. Hear me here for just a moment. This is uh, again I'm going to step into a little bit of my own theology here. Don't have a whole lot of Bible for this, but but just just hear me out. I think the story would be different if God called Gideon and Gideon said, "Absolutely sign me up. I'm the man. I've been waiting for this chance. I got this, bro. I was born for this. This is our culture today. 2022 culture is like, man, believe in yourself. You're awesome. Tackle it. Carpe diem. Seize the day. You're the best in the world. No one's better than you. You're the best at what you do. Believe in yourself. I got not one scripture in this Bible that tells me to believe in myself. Keep calm and believe in yourself. That looks good on a t-shirt, on a coffee mug. But Gideon didn't believe in himself. He didn't believe in himself and he didn't trust himself. He kept over and over again saying, God, just show me you're with me. God, I can't do this. Show me you're with me. So at the end of the day, when Gideon does get the victory, and we'll, we'll we'll cover that next week. At the end of the day, when Gideon does get the victory, Gideon can't stand and say, look what I did. Gideon has to be reminded, you know what, Lord, I didn't even believe I could do this. But you showed me over and over again you were with me because I kept asking you. Every step of the way I kept saying, Lord, are you here with me? Okay, all right, good. One more step. Lord, are you here with me? Yeah, okay, one more step. Lord, are you here with me? One more step. So when I get way over here and everybody's saying, wow, look at look at him, look what he did, I can say, man, you don't even understand. Every step of the way I doubted. Every step of the way, I struggled. Every step of the way, I was full of fear. Every step of the way, it had to be God. It had to be God because he said, no flesh shall glory in my presence. Can I tell you today, you may be weak. You may not believe it. You may say, Lord, I don't even know if you actually even really called me. But can I tell you, don't just stay in that mode. Say, Lord, show me. Listen, most of us haven't moved because we won't even ask God to show us. We won't even say, Lord, lead me to somebody. Show me you're with me. Show me that I am the one you called. Show me that it's for me. Because God has never been looking for heroes. That's what we look for. We look for heroes. God don't look for heroes. God looks for obedient men and women of God who know I am poor from the tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my home. So if I ever do anything good, it'll be because God made a way out of no way. I'm reminded of the prophet Amos. I'm reminded of the prophet Amos who said, you know what? I wasn't a prophet. I wasn't the son of a prophet. I wasn't even the grandson of a prophet. But the Lord came upon me in the middle of the field. I had no pedigree, I wasn't worthy of it, but the Holy Spirit just came on me, and the Lord called me to preach and the Lord called me. that's why he said, I have chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So if you don't think you're able, you're right. you ain't never been able ever ever, ever never been able, but he's able. and he said, Walk in this thy strength. I am with you. Here's my strength, not me. My strength is he's with me. Hear the word of the Lord tonight. If you're sitting in this house today and you feel like Gideon, why me, Lord? Why now? I'm poor. I'm broken. I got all kinds of junk in my past. I can stand here and just tell you, tell you stories and stories. Why me, Lord? Maybe don't doubt that. Maybe just say, Lord, show me. When I wake up in the morning, can there be a sign? Me and you have forgotten how to fleece God because we were taught that we should never ask God questions. We were taught never question the Lord. You'll make God angry if you question him. Well, uh, did you read the same Judges 6 that I just read? Because Gideon spent half of this book asking God to prove it to him over and over again. And you know what? It's so surprising to me that God did every time. Never got mad, never got angry. He just kept doing it. He just kept proving it. He just kept showing it. Even when Gideon was like, Lord, you're going to hate me for this. Don't kill me. But I'd like you to do it one more time. I wonder how powerful you could be in your walk with God if you just say, Lord, don't kill me for this. If you could just show me one more time. Could you, could you come on me like you, like, 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 you, like you did when I was just a child? Lord, could you speak to me like you spoke to me that night in camp meeting? Lord, Lord could, I, could you let me feel like I felt that night at the altar? Just show me one more time. Because the, the, the God that's in this book, will say, okay, I, I'll do it one more time. Never got mad, never got angry, and never questioned Gideon. He never said, Gideon, why? You don't believe me? Because what me and you see as an arrogant heart, God saw as a humble heart. What me and you saw as unbelief, God just saw as humble. Gideon don't think he can do it, and he's right. He's going to need me. He's going to need me. And I'm going to show him every step of the way that I'm with him. Would you stand to your feet tonight, and would you lift your voice, and would you just ask the Lord, Lord, show me again. Speak to me again, Lord. I got some doubts. There's some doubts in my life. There's doubts and there's fears. But, Lord, I'm not going to walk through this life blindly and just believing that I can't I'm going to believe that I can, but I'm going to believe that I can through your spirit, through your guidance, through your power, God, through your divine intervention and through your divine peace. I say you are Jehovah Shalom, my peace, because, Lord, I feel like I could do anything if I had peace about it. I feel like I could walk through any storm if I just had peace about it. I feel like I could face any foe if I just had peace about it so Lord I declare this tonight Jehovah Shalom God my peace God give me peace about my calling give me peace about my direction give me peace about my anointing give me peace about my ministry give me peace about my destiny give me peace Lord I just need peace I'll walk wherever you want me to walk just have, put peace in my heart. I'll talk whatever you want me to talk. Just put peace in my spirit. Come on, lift your voice one more time. Begin to worship him and praise him tonight. Holy Ghost. Hey. I believe that there will come a moment when the spirit of God will come on you and you will blow the trumpet in Zion. Holy Holy Ghost. There's an anointing in this house. There's a gift in this house. There is a ministry in this house. God has to lead us into this. Walk me into this, Lord. I don't don't feel capable. I don't feel worthy. I've messed up. Show me one more time. Speak to me one more time. Say one more word. I just need one more word. Just a word from the Lord. Come on, if you feel that way, just lift your voice one more time in this house. Holy Spirit, meet us here tonight. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Ignite, oh God. Reawaken, oh God. Restore, rejuvenate. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hmm. Thank you for it, Holy Ghost. Thank you for it, Holy Ghost. I want you put your hands together and just begin to worship the Lord for his word. Lord, I thank you for your word. Faith. Faith. Faith is not always being confident. Faith is always believing enough to ask the question. Faith doesn't always look like I have no fears, I have no doubts. Faith is just staying long enough to say, Lord, show me. Show me. Sometimes that's what faith looks like. Praying one more prayer. Asking one more time. Sometimes faith looks like this. Lord, don't kill me. But if you could just show me one more time. (laughs) Sometimes that's faith. Ain't it good? Ain't it good? Ain't that word so good? Don't help? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.